Mutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode, Traitorous Alliances, Facing Degeneration, and Spiking Society. Why? Well, between the Hong Kong protests, the war on consciousness, and everything else we see going on in the world these days, I think it would require a different kind of list. This is definitely going to be a little bit of a switch up of an episode, that's for sure. We get into the Antifa protesters screaming at elderly women, Hillary Clinton, as well as the Hong Kong protests, Amber Geiger being found guilty, as well as nearly half America's popula- homeless population living in California. We close out the episode with the FBI busting a massive fentanyl ring running from the government. That's right, they are giving us the drugs. They are giving us the drugs. Uh, a few quick updates before we start the show, guys. Make sure you download the show notes. Go to the website, factionsoffreedom.gymda.com. Go to the episode and download the show notes from there. The episode that we did with Rob and Truth and Vibration is now available. You guys can find that in the link in the description bar below, as well as the mini-cast that we did earlier this week, Curating Consciousness. Part 2 has been made available for exclusive members of Secret Advanced Technology. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noiser, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 913, season 9, episode 13. You know, I was going to tell you guys this is a bit of a switch-up, but I'm not really necessarily sure how to tell you these types of things because it's not really a switch-up. I think the only switch-up that's taking place is in our lives, whenever we're paying attention. We have all these other trivial problems and these things that pop up, these boogeyman that we create, so we can feel alive, changed. But then we look at what's actually going on. We look at the grand, the grander scale of things, and our truly little problems seem just like that. They seem little. They seem inconsequential. But that's not the case because it is. It's the smaller things that make the bigger picture. It is the little strokes that make the masterpiece. So what do you do when sometimes you create problems that are bigger than actual problems that are going on? What happens whenever you actually seek after things that aren't necessarily good for you because you don't really know how to pay attention to the real dangers that aren't good for you and begin to change yourself in accordance? You see, it seems like these days that we're moving into, uh, they're becoming increasingly overwhelming. And I can get why people would want to bliss out. I can get why people would want to turn away, but, you know, I, I, I guess I, I truly do wonder about this predicament we find ourselves in. You know, one of the questions I got earlier this week on the uh, on the Instagram Live that we did with you guys was, you know, the manufactured silence of the masses and how that plays into the war on consciousness, you know, and, and we'll be getting into stuff like this in the episode. But the way that I had approached it is I said the manufactured silence of the masses is the curation of information where all we focus on are things that are de- detrimental to our overall progress. The manufactured silence of the masses is having us engage in Babylon, where we all where we all just join the Tower of Babel and Babylon. You see, the manufactured silence of the masses is removing content from, pa- from, from, from pages, actively changing history. Manipulating people every single day. The, 
silence is, is of the truth. The silence is, 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 is where we actually don't understand what's going on. You see. So I find myself kind of in this paradoxical this, 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 this place, man. I really do find myself, you know, as, as I asked you guys the other day, or this the other week, uh, who offers you your future? And I'm even beginning to ask the question of, am I delivering people away from the Matrix or delivering them to the Matrix? I'll say this and I'll start getting into the, the actual episode. Uh, I started watching again the movie Childhood Ends, or Childhood's End. And, you know, I, 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 I guess because I'm looking at things in a different light these days, I saw the very first episode and it just made me start thinking of these aren't aliens. You know, it is they 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 come down, they disarm the population, they they disband the military, you know, they change oil pipelines and the water lines. They 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 come, they invade and then they offer 15 years of peace before they reveal themselves. And then I'm, I'm just going ahead and kind of giving you guys a little bit of spoilers. But when they reveal themselves, they're not actually aliens. They're the archetypal demons that we that we that we think of. The archetypal uh, demon with the 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 wings and the tail and the horns it looks like the devil. But even then, as I'm watching this, these aren't aliens. These aren't demons. In my mind, I'm thinking this is AI. This 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 is this is AI. I could see how it would be alien in some sense. I could see how it could masquerade itself as something strange, as something else. You see. And the more I begin to watch this 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 episode, the more I begin to see uh, what's going on. <laughs> my mind just starts doing that crazy thing again. It starts looking at stuff like how they can create life forms, you know, uh, clones. Transhumanism, biohacking, designer babies, Gattaca, embryoids like we covered just the other day. Uh, over a hundred different genders. I'm sure something creating like an androgynous being. I'm sure something that, that, that is thousands and thousands and thousands of years ahead of our intelligence could masquerade itself as the very thing that we fear. And so my point behind uh, introing this episode with you guys is we truly are in some interesting days. Something happened. We, 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 we shifted into a completely different world and Donald Trump's presidency, that's literally just a, 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 <laughs> it, it, it really is just a, an intro into the world. It's just a, it's a figurehead of the days that we've entered into, you see. And so I really think people need to understand, uh, not only the deceptions that are taking place, the manipulation that's taking place, but how at the end of the day, all you really have is the truth. In the pursuit thereof, it happiness cannot be guaranteed. It has to be something that is sought after and forged. Again, I ask you, who offers you your freedom? Who offers you your future? And with that being said, let's start the show. So you know we <laughs> we always have a lot of different things to talk about with you guys, uh, but we left off last week talking about the road to humanism with U.N. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez talking about the fracturing that is taking place uh, around, the, uh, around the world between America and China. And I asked you, the audience, uh, what, would you, what, what world would you prefer to live in? The 1776 America, where there's revolution, and where all we do is fight for freedom, 
or in a 1984 technocratic China in the brave new world as, as, as offered to you by Google. And then on our Instagram live earlier this week with you guys, I told you that we, we're, we're entering into a phase to where, uh, because we can't live in these extremes, we're entering into a phase to where these, these two great ideological uh, Goliaths have to converge. And Aldous Huxley, uh, the creator of the Brave New Worlds, whenever he was speaking at uh, UC Berkeley back in the 60s, talking about the final revolution and how he, he wanted to dumb the population down with barbiturates, pharmaceuticals, and drugs and things like this, you know, he's, he was talking about getting people to love their enslavement. And I, I feel like that's where we're gradually heading. You see, in this segment, we're going to be talking about traitorous alliances. We're going to be talking about scumbag Antifa yelling at old people. But at the same time, people like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and, 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 and what's going on in Hong Kong as well, how the, the literal very concept of freedom, it has no nationality. It has no borders. It is, it is true in the very sense. It stands on its two, own two feet. And in China and Hong Kong, we're seeing a display of that. But <laughs> here in America, you know, I'll, I'll say this and then we'll get into some of these articles. Here in America, we have people that have sold out the countries that are that are traitors that don't uh, that don't really respect everything they've been given, and that's what decadence is. That's what being spoiled rotten is. I've talked about this before. Being second generation uh, spoiled Americans, and here we are essentially trying to destroy ourselves because well, there's nothing else to do. This is what I meant by the aforementioned uh, boogeyman that we like to create the problems that we project on the others, and that's why this is so dangerous. So let's get into this. Let's get into some of these articles and videos uh, with you guys. We actually started off the week seeing something pretty crazy. But if you uh, have been to protests like myself where you've seen some of these people, you shouldn't really be surprised. And what I'm talking about right here uh, is how there is a video of Antifa screaming at and screaming at and blocking an elderly woman. We put this up September 30th. It's from Summit.News from Paul Joseph Watson. It says a video out of Hamilton, Ontario shows Antifa protesters screaming in the face of and blocking the path of an elderly woman using a rolling walker. The incident occurred during a demonstration outside Mohawk College against right-wing politician Maxine Bernier. The clip shows an elderly couple attempting to cross the road while being accosted by a maniacal woman wearing a red face mask and two other Antifa members. Quote, Nazi scum off our streets, yells the woman as the couple calmly attempts to go about their business. So let's take a listen. Now, our audio listeners, you guys can't really see this, uh, but, you know, basically what it is is just that. It's an elderly woman trying to walk across the street, and then you have these scumbag Antifa literally forming a wall as this elderly lady tries to cross the street. Husband puts her hand, puts his hand behind her back, tries to reason uh, with these people. You know, you would figure that these are kids, that they would respect, you know, they would respect the elders. They would expect grandma trying to walk across the street. 
But no, when I use the word scumbag, I'm telling you guys that you're, you're literally dealing with people who are either hopped, hopped up on cocaine, hopped up on methamphetamine, drunk, high, twisted, faded of any kind, and then they're out there. And, 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 and whenever I did my debriefing, essentially from the protest that I went to earlier, uh, earlier in September, I told you guys how fired up I was, even by just going there. I wasn't, even, I, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't on anything. I was just, I, I, we, we did a prayer right before we left. You know, I was hoping I, we, we were praying for protection, uh, but that was about it. We, we drank afterwards because it was a rush. Uh, but what I'm trying to tell you guys is that when you're actually in these events, they do have that kind of feel. But these people, they get that mob mentality. They get fired up. They, 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 they shout these obscenities. They carry out these acts because they have no respect. You would think that, oh, they can, they can calm down a little bit for Gladys, you know, or Gertrude, whatever her name is. They could, they could calm down a little bit. But no, these are, these are the scumbags that have no morals. And they really want people to understand that. So when I tell you before that the world is not evil enough, for people like Hillary Clinton, it's because they have to exacerbate issues such as this. They have to get it to a point to where people beg for darkness, to where that's all they seek after. And speaking of Hillary Clinton, she appeared earlier in the news this week talking about how Trump is obsessed with her and how he's also how he knows he's an illegitimate president. <laughs> and if you guys haven't seen this actual clip, it is uh, truly funny. Uh, CBS Sunday's morning, CBS Sunday morning's Jane Pauley asked uh, Hillary Clinton why no Democratic candidates want to talk about her, and all kinds of other questions. I would definitely ask you. I would definitely recommend you guys go check it out. Uh, but let's play this clip for you guys, and then we'll get into this article right here. But I can't deny that a big part of me cares deeply about what's happening in the country and what I fear is the damage that's being done to our future, the damage being done to our values, our institutions, and try to think of ways that I can help those who are on the front lines of the fight. Your name doesn't come up much mm -hmm. on any campaign except for Donald Trump's. Mm -hmm. Lock her up is still mm -hmm. a big popular Line. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. And I take responsibility for those parts of it that I should. But Jane, it was like applying for a job and getting 66 million letters of uh, recommendation and losing to a corrupt human tornado. And so I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know that we'll ever know, but I can't. <laughs> he knows. He knows. It's like losing to a corrupt human tornado. <laughs> I think that, I thought that part was hilarious. Uh, not only Jane Pauley saying your name doesn't really come up much at all. Like nobody really cares about you except for Donald Trump. I thought that whole interview was definitely hilarious. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, but let me get into this article here. It's from Baxter Dimitri of Your Newswire. We put this up October 1st. It says, twice failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton said President Donald Trump is, quote, obsessed with me and, quote, knows he's an illegitimate president in an interview in which she demanded he is impeached and removed from office. CBS Sunday Morning's Jane Pauley asked Hillary why no Democratic candidates want to talk about her, the party's previous nominee, while Trump likes to bring her up on Twitter and in speeches. 
Clinton said it's all a product of Trump's guilty conscience about his 2016 Electoral College victory. Quote, I know that he knows that this wasn't on the level. I don't know. We'll I don't know. We'll never. I don't know. We'll ever know anything that happened. But we clearly know a lot and are learning more every day. And history will probably sort it all out, she said. Quote, so 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 of course he's obsessed with me. And I believe that it's his guilty, it's a guilty conscience and so much so as he has a conscience. She, my point behind bringing this up and talking about this is, is you see the level of pettiness that America has been brought down to. You see the level of, of, of this is where politics has taken us to. Where we're not actually talking about what's good for the country. We're just talking smack about people. We're letting that be politics. You have scumbag Antifa out there in the middle of the streets yelling at old people. We're not talking about them taking crowbars to the back of people's heads, busting their heads open. We're not talking about them mixing concrete shakes and throwing them at people. We're not talking about them chasing children around with tasers and doing all kinds of strange things like that. Or shooting up ICE facilities. We're talking about Hillary Clinton. Almost three years later, still complaining about how she should, how she could have won. You see the swelling that's taking place the arrested development that's happening within the country the 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 swelling hatred and the blooming rage that is taking place this isn't good this truly isn't good and it's because these people have aligned themselves not only with uh not only with a spirit of not only with a spirit of disobedience not only with a spirit of vile hatred and 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 wickedness but they've also aligned themselves with other parts of the world. It's crazy because the very people who say you're working with Russia, you're working with China, and all this other stuff are doing the very same thing. We're going to get into the 70th, the 70th anniversary of communism in China and stuff like that uh, here shortly. <laughs> but you, like, it, it, it truly is crazy. The manipulation, the misinformation that's going on. My point behind pointing this out in traitorous alliances is how Hillary Clinton with Uranium One, they're 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 doing these deals. They're selling out the country. You have people who who no longer want to be American, who are giving over uh, their nationality, who are aligning with globalism. We've talked about this a lot, uh, a lot more so recently, about the conversion that's taking place in America. But here, let me play for you guys another quick clip of what I mean by the 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 level of degeneracy we're involved in now. Like the the petty politics you see to where it's I feel like it's gone beyond just, you know, disagreeing with somebody's policies, disagreeing with how they handle uh, actual things like and, and business deals and, and, and political situations. It's now actually gotten to the person. It's gone down to not even the person. It, 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 it's, it's literally just hate, hate, hate every day. You're being programmed to hate every single action and every single thing that takes place. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be. Uh, but here, let me get this clip up for you guys. It's got for you guys. It's where Joe Biden refers to Trump supporters as the dregs of society. <laughs> as the, they're, they're the worst people. The worst so Joe Biden, he's also in the news right now for his cokehead son, Hunter Biden. Remember a few months ago, one of his cars got found after he like returned it. They found like two passports, a gun, drugs, and all kinds of other stuff there. You know, he failed out of the, he, he got uh, 
dishonorably discharged from the from the Navy. Right whenever he had his whole right whenever Obama and uh, Joe Biden became president. Remember, he got the whole gas pipeline out there in Ukraine. And so this is this this is what I mean. By, by the traitorous alliances. I'm not saying anything's bad with globalization or working with other countries or any of this type of stuff, but if we're not able to do it on the up and up and we can't be consistent, that's dangerous. We're inviting in all kinds of, uh, all kinds of hate, all kinds of issues, and all kinds of other future problems. Backdoor double dealing, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but I digress. Let me play for you this quick clip and then we'll get into the article. Despite losing in the courts, and in the court of public opinion, these forces of intolerance remain determined to undermine and roll back the progress you all have made. And this time, they, not you, have an ally in the White House. This time, they have an ally. There are a small percentage of the American people, virulent people, some of them the dregs of society. And instead of using the full might of the executive branch to secure justice, dignity, safety for all. The president uses the White House as a literal, literal bully pulpit, callously, callously exerting his power over those who have little or despite losing in the courts. Uh, Joe Biden sounds a little bit drunk to me every single time he speaks, but you know. That, that's something else. Uh, you know, everybody has their politics. Everybody has their, their point of view. Let me get into this article. It comes from Jeffrey Grider of Now the End Begins. We put this up October 1st. It says Joe Biden called Trump supporters or Trump voters, quote, the dregs of society during an impassioned speech at an LBT, LGBTQ for pedophile charity event. Donald Trump Jr. has hit back at the former vice president saying his statement went, quote, too far. Democrats want you to know the two things right off the bat. First thing is pretty obvious. Donald Trump lives in their head and they hate him for it. Second, the Democrats hate you if you voted for Donald Trump in 2016. Hillary Clinton referred to you all as deplorables. And now creepy Joe Biden wants you to know that he thinks that you are the very dregs of society. This is the real reason why they are pushing so hard for impeachment right now to let you know that you don't count. The person you voted for doesn't count and that your vote is meaningless. Like it or not, and believe it or not, America is right now in the state of a civil war. And instead of the North versus the South, we have the Red versus the Blue. The war will not be over until one of two things happen. Either the Democrats succeed in ramming their anti-Israel, pro-transgender, pro-socialist agenda down our throats, or the verbal hostilities break out into physical hostilities, and we fight back until the dead bodies line the streets of Washington, D.C., but if you think this is going away, or it's just a passing phase in our long American history, you could not be more wrong. This is war, and they are taking and they aren't taking prisoners prisoners. Which side are you on? I think that's a good place to, to kinda end that. You know, they're 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 openly calling for impeachment. They're openly talking about killing him. Uh, they're openly talking about locking him up, solitary confinement confinement. You know, we. Uh, I remember when we did the whole Trumping in the technocracy episode that I asked the question even then that I think they're going to kill him. I, I really do. And with the fervor that I see people getting whipped into every single day over trivial things, I still kind of think that way. You know, we, you, you've got to think about the, 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 the days we've entered into, for one. And 
where they're trying to take us. The whole world is a stage for sure, but they want you to know they have control. From the deep state to those that are in power. I mean, how many this is how many coup attempts have there been? Publicly? And I'm really telling you, I, I truly do think it's gonna happen. Uh, and I don't I'm not really sure what the world would look like when it does, because think about that. They want to be able to cause chaos. I've talked about it time and time again, where they bring Trump in to try to pump up capitalism one more good time just to crash it. These calls for impeachment, I'm curious as to what the country will, will look like afterwards. Can you imagine this authoritarian control being able to silence people, deplatforming them, coming up with secret police, shock troops, radicalized Antifa, flash mobs, all this stuff. Can you can you imagine what that would look like unchecked? You see, like it or not, Trump is literally here to point out how crazy things are, how far down the rat hole we are. And I don't want to talk smack. I don't want to say, you know, crazy things about what's going on. But I really think at a certain level, people have to understand what's happening. Yeah, I know Trump's part of the I know Trump's part of the elite. I know people hate him. But that's that's like focusing on Greta and not looking at all Greta Thunberg, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and looking at all these other things that's going on. You see, that's what I'm talking about. We're not looking at the actual politics. We're not looking at the writing on the wall. We're projecting all of our hatred, all of our anger towards these people that are literally designed to absorb that. They're designed to absorb that while we don't really actually pay attention to what's going on. Historically, that's what happens. When all else fails, go to war. Give them bread and circus and they'll never revolt. That's what's happening. We're, we're literally being entertained to death. That's why we're not revolting. But those that are not being entertained, those that are being radicalized, they will be the ones that carry out all this craziness. I kid you not. But speak about people who are being radicalized for the right reason. People who are unified for the concept of freedom. Hong Kong is getting, it's getting pretty, pretty powerful up there. It is getting pretty, pretty intense. It's showing the world what a true revolution looks like. Let me play for you guys this quick clip. Because 
Tonga is where the land of the brave and we are brave. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'm going to put the link for that in the description bar below so you guys can go check it out. But that's what people need to understand. That's what we're fighting for. We should be fighting against a tyrannical government, not against each other. We should be coming together, standing against this injustice. Because like you said, and like Martin Luther King, like, like Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. Let me get into this next article for you guys to give you guys an update on what's going on in Hong Kong. Right here, China deploys, or China doubles troop deployment in Hong Kong as it braces for a, quote, worst, worst case scenario. We put this up September 30th. It's from Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge. It says Sunday was one of the most violent days and weeks in Hong Kong. In the video I'm playing for you guys, it has hundreds on hundreds of cops bashing protesters, throwing them. Fierce clashes broke out between protesters and riot police. People taking pictures. Uh, protesters literally getting mobbed on by police, all carrying flags. As thousands marched through the strife-torn city, you could see all kinds of other people uh, turning the, um, the, the Chinese flag into a Nazi symbol. Police spent hours firing tear gas and rubber bullets at different downtown locations. It is chaos over there. Hardcore protesters hurled rocks and petrol bombs. They're getting, they're getting fired up. They are getting ready. Multiple arrests were made. Let me get in this article right here. It says, as protests erupted again over the weekend in Hong Kong, there are new reports that Beijing quietly doubled troop levels in the city ahead of China celebrating its 70th anniversary of communist rule this week, reported Reuters. Chinese military personnel in Hong Kong doubled last month to 10,000 to 12,000, up from 3,000 to 5,000 the month before. Asian and Western envoys in Hong Kong toward Reuters. Reinforcements arrived in military trucks, armored vehicles, buses, and ships around the mid-late August period. Envoy sources told Reuters that the, quote, late August deployment was not a rotation at all, but a reinforcement. They said China has now assembled its largest ever active force of People's Liberation Army troops and other anti-riot personnel and equipment in Hong Kong. The rapid buildup includes personnel from the People's Armored Police a Chinese paramilitary police force responsible for internal security, riot control, and counterterrorism. Sources weren't able to determine the exact PAP size, but said the bulk of, quote, reinforcements in Hong Kong are PLA and PLP, PAP. News of the reinforcements come as protests flared up last weekend ahead of, the, of a week-long celebration starting Tuesday, October 1st, that marks the founding of the People's Republic of China. Intense clashes were reported on Sunday. And I'm going to get up for you guys real quick a video of, 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 of riot police literally shooting a protester in the chest. Like, bang. Because they're taking sticks trying to fight back against these, these, these billy clubs and these shields that the riot police have. And then out of nowhere, the riot police just pulls out a 357 Magnum and just, pow, just blasts this guy right in the face. Uh, so audio listeners, that's what you're going to be hearing here shortly. And... Let's just play that clip for you now. Shoots him. He shoots him. 
Then the protester goes down. They have shields, something to try to defend themselves, but riot police shoots one person, bang, shoots another. This article comes from Aaron Colin of The Blaze. They put this up October 1st. It says police shoot protester in Hong Kong as tensions rise on the anniversary of communist rule in China. Police shot a protester in Hong Kong Tuesday as officers employed live rounds in an effort to control escalating pro-democracy demonstrations in the city on the 70th anniversary of communist rule in the mainland China, according to NBC News. Hong Kong officials re- reported that at least 31 people were injured during Tuesday, with two of them in critical condition and one in serious condition. The shooting victim was an 18-year-old male who was shot at approximately arm's length distance in the chest near the left shoulder during an altercation with police. He was conscious as he was transported to the hospital. Senior Superintendent Yolanda Yu said the lives of the officers, quote, were under serious threat during the confrontation. Video shows the protesters swinging a baton at the officer before being shot. Protesters protesters aimed bricks and Molotov cocktails at police who responded with tear gas and water cannons turning the streets of China of the Chinese financial hub into a dangerous battleground. Police accused protesters of attacking them with, quote, corrosive fluid, posting pictures of an officer who allegedly was hit with it. Quote, rioters have used corrosive fluid in Tuyen Moon area, uh, injuring multiple police officers and reporters, read read a tweet by Hong Kong police. So what you're seeing is just protests erupt as as the communist China celebrates their 70 rule 70 years of rule in China. Now think about that. Think about that. 70 years worth of China of of Chinese rule. And let me say this real quick because this is who Joe Biden's teaming up with. This is who Hillary Clinton is 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 teaming up with. This is who is going to come through here. And and these scumbag Antifa, they think they're going to be lined up with these guys. Antifa is going to be the first ones that get taken over. They're going to say, hey, thank you for inviting us here. Thank you for letting us into your land. And just like they shot that protester, bang, there goes Antifa. They've, 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 they've intentionally radicalized people, lined them up with our enemies, and then they're going to let these people come over, and they're going to try to take us over. This is trying to come to America. This is what I'm trying to tell you. These are the real revolutions that we need to be watching out for. We should all be banding again, banding together against a tyrannical state. But because we have the scientific dictatorship over here in America working in overdrive, we have Silicon Valley, the technocracy. These people are using misinformation to intentionally radicalize a certain a certain percentage of the population over for them. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Certain people have been controlled. They've been conditioned to think that they work for the government and for the state. You see, that's why this is so dangerous. 70 years worth of rule in communist China. I don't have any clips for you guys, uh, but I want to say this real quick. Because, <laughs> and this, this comparison came out this week, that while you have China, uh, President Xi Jinping celebrating 70 years of communist rule in China this week, they, 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 they rolled out missiles capable of de- deploying uh, Warheads, 10 warheads from the missile that completely destroy, that could completely destroy America. And while they're out here flexing their strength, talking about their military might, showing you their arsenal, in the Air Force, they're talking about diversity. They're talking about, we now have flesh-colored rubber bands instead of 
tan-colored rubber bands because we care about diversity. We want to make sure that you guys feel welcome. That's right. Celebrating diversity. And so this is this is <laughs> this is that 1776 America versus the 1984 technocratic China. And when you watch some of the the the, the Chinese uh, parade that was going on during that time frame, you watch how uh, robotic, how just basically droned out and automaton some of the Chinese soldiers are. It's insane. The level of discipline that these people have is insane. They're already like robots. And then here in America, yes, we do celebrate that freedom of being able to be whatever you would like. The, the diversity, however you would like to have it. But this is, this is, these are the extremes that I'm trying to get you guys to see. This is the world that they've created. And this is why they want to uh, demoralize Americans instead of give them true patriotism. You know, I talked about how uh, with the fracturing that was taking place, you and Secretary General uh, Antonio, Antonio Gutierrez talking about the fracturing that's taking place. China's hardcore patriot. China's hardcore nationalist. China, China, the, the Chinese love their country, period. You don't see them taking in all kinds of other people. We don't really even see them at the UN conferences or taking, taking parts at the, at the uh, climate summits or any of these types of things. China's literally isolated, taking care of whatever they need to do. America is running around trying to be involved in open diplomacy, engaging in, tr in, in, in true diversity, free market capitalism, trying to do these types of things. That's what it's about, getting everybody to the table. China's not trying to be at the table, though. China is literally working on itself, and, you, and we really need to understand what that looks like. So when you have people who, who, who will not accept Americans who will not accept other foreigners, who are homogenous in nature, totally nationalist, racial purity people. That's why you have some of the, some of the people at these protests uh, turning the Chinese flag into the Nazi symbol is because they have become the modern-day Nazis. So when you have mo real actual Nazis, right, national communists, when you have real Nazis taking place, happening in front of us, and then here in America you have people that are selling out to this, that's a recipe for disaster. I, I, we've talked time and time again about the comp, about the, the the spies that are here, how they use LinkedIn uh, to get uh, corporate and industrial espionage going on. <laughs> like it is insane. It is insane. And if you don't think that they have uh, people in the colleges that are doing just that, taking part in that radicalization, forward slash conversion process to get people to sell out the country, that's what it is. You see, communists can't take it. They can't create anything. They have to steal it. It, it is a whole deal. So it is a massive, if you ask me, it's, it's massive thinking about the 70th year anniversary of communism taking place and the effects that it's happened even here in America. Because you don't have, like, the entire millennial generation doesn't want American values, doesn't want to be capitalistic, doesn't want to be Christian. I mean, I've talked, that, I've talked about that as well in uh, China, how they literally consider Christianity a form of religious extremism or religious fanaticism. You will be sent to a re-education camp, a thought transformation center. <laughs> you, 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 but, but people think this is great. You have Americans. They're like, heck, yeah, let's sell out America. Let's do this. This is awesome. You know, I'm going to be a part of 
I'm going to be a part of the power structure where I can just radicalize people and get them to give up their 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 love for America, their love for stake, their love for God. You really got to think about where we're at. That's why this whole segment is titled Traitorous Alliances. You have a certain sect of the population who no longer want to be American but benefit from it and have sold us out. And that's why this is crazy. That's why I told you this is a bit of a switch up of an episode. Normally, we try to save a lot of the talk for China towards the end of the episode, but I thought it would be good to set the set the tone, put it on its face and get it all out there so we could talk about these types of things. But you know what else we're going to talk about? Because we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be talking about uh, the, the, the homeless crisis that is taking place in California, the Golden State. We're, we're going to talk about that. What's going on with the homelessness? Uh, Amber Geiger being found guilty for the murder of Botham Jean. And we're going to finish it off talking about China tracking children's brain activity. What's going on with the concept of facing degeneration? What happens whenever we give up our own values? The very values that, that we thought made this country great. The very values that we were raised for. What happens whenever we're in that weird transitional period? But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we, talk, when we come back, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back, right after this.
And we are back. That's right. You know, it's uh, it is it is truly interesting finding ourselves here discussing these things, being a part of this time period. You know, I always I I find myself these days kind of radically shifting my approach towards a lot of things uh, because you think you have more time for certain things, but you realize you don't. Time is something you have to. Time truly is a made-up construct. Uh, time is something that you have to make yourself. No one else is going to make time for you. You have to make time for yourself. You have to learn how to do that. You know, whenever we're not doing this political stuff, and we're not chasing uh, paranormal stories, and we're not out there in the streets uh, fighting Antifa, you know, we, we actually do take the time to work on the individual ask these deeper questions and really get into that esoteric and mysticism. I think everybody can understand that this year uh, has been, it has, it's, it's been a lot for everybody. I think everybody gets that. It's been a powerful year, no doubt. Uh, and for listeners of the show, like I tell you, the best way that I can describe it is the sophistication of the, and the, the sophistication as to how we're approaching these things. But that's because as I tell you all the time, in the face of all this adversity, you have got to let it refine you. Do not succumb to it. But a lot of people end up facing this adversity and then succumbing to it, submitting, falling prey to all these detrimental things instead of using the good old-fashioned alchemical skill of converting it into something that is beneficial from you or for you. A lot of people don't understand these things. They get hung up. And they're not able to effectively move forward, digesting these detrimental things and improving your overall existence. No. Instead, they, they face degeneration and they engage in it. You know, every week I try to hop up here with you guys and, 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 and basically remind you of your divinity. Remind you of, of, that you do have a purpose, that you can actually affect change, that you can do bigger and better things. Yes, there is an overarching agenda and a plan that is taking place, but what's the plan for your life? What are you doing in your own personal life to affect change so that you don't get caught up in the ways of the world? You see, why do you think I, 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 why do you think I talk so much about what they're doing to our actual temples and to our minds? Because these are the very sacred things that we have. These, these are gifts given to us. But I truly do pray, or, I, be, or I'm, I need to learn how to pray. I am truly do worry that they will teach an entire generation not to think about God. I really do worry about the days of where they, they remove God, where they remove divinity, where they remove spirituality, connecting with the, with, with the divine and the ether and the eternal. I worry for those days. Because then we will be, then we truly will be trapped here. Then the knowledge of God will be removed from from people. Then that divine essence that that is in every inside of every single being, every single purpose-driven entity here, it'll be a myth. It'll be like Atlantis. You see. But I digress. 
let's get into this. You know, there's some uh, very interesting information we'll get into in the next segment about an F- about an FBI busting a massive uh, fentanyl ring running out of the Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs in D.C. We'll get into that to the next segment. But in this one, we're going to be talking about how basically <laughs> it shouldn't be news. It shouldn't be big news that a cop finally gets uh, found guilty for murdering another black man. What's the whole point behind Black Lives Matter? Uh, I think what I'll do in contrast of that is I'll get up that article of a of a of an officer overdosing on heroin and then being reinstated as a comparison. While Amber Geiger is being found guilty, I'll talk about at the same time how this cop over here who's overdosing on heroin isn't. But these are the people that are told to protect and serve us. At the very same people who are taking these jobs. <laughs> to protect and serve us are out here killing themselves and us. How is that not degeneracy? How can we have faith in a system like that? You see. But here, let me play for you guys uh, this quick video where it talks about Amber Geiger being found guilty of murder. And I don't want to get into, you know, uh, people at the actual court trial hugging her and all of the stuff behind that. I want to. I, I want to get it on record that she's been found guilty of killing a, of killing a black man. They tried to besmirch his name, as they do with all these other things. But if you look into the story, Amber Geiger knew who the man was, drank with him a few times, hung out. She literally went over there to kill him. But you would be surprised how often that actually happens. You know, just the other week, a Democratic donor, Ed Buck, he was also found guilty of murdering another black man, of just shooting him up with heroin. We've talked about this as well, how uh, other people who have survived encounters with Ed Buck talked about how that's what he likes to do. He likes to shoot black people up and then just like watch them die and, 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 and take their soul and perform weird sexual acts at, on him. But what is this perversion? What is this degeneration that's just so abundant? You see, good Lord. Let me get into this article right here. Uh, we put this up October 1st. It's from Matt Agarist of the Free Thought Project. It says, Breaking. Amber Geiger found guilty of murder for killing Botham Jean, facing life in prison. Months ago, former Dallas police officer Amber Geiger was found guilty of murder for shooting and killing Botham Jean in his own apartment. She now faces a maximum of life in prison. This verdict is certainly a win for police accountability and definitely not predictable as police officers, even while off-duty, are all too often acquitted for hurting or killing innocent people. The deliberations started on Monday and were expected to last through the middle of the week. However, Tuesday morning, the jury came back with a unanimous verdict of guilty. The reason so many people thought she would walk free is that from the start, Geiger has been given special privilege. After she admitted to walking into the wrong apartment and killing the innocent Botham Jean, it took several days for police to even bring charges against her. In fact, it would be revealing dur- it would be revealed during the trial that two days after she killed Jean, Geiger was texting her fling, talking about various sexual fantasies and how drunk they were going to get. It was as if she knew she was going to get her blue privilege right from the get-go. However, the, that privilege seems to have run out. Her blue privilege ran out despite the fact that the judge said the jury could consider that kill, the Geiger killed Jean under the state's Castle Doctrine. Under the Castle Doctrine in Texas, residents are justified in killing intruders in their own home if they feel threatened. The only problem was this defense is that Geiger was not in her own home. 
Nevertheless, the Texas Ranger investigation, quote, reasonably concluded that Geiger could have perceived Jean as a threat because she believed she was in her own home. Seriously. Is that blue, it's that blue line privilege. Uh, but let me play for you guys this quick clip. It comes from CBSN. Well, it was a long process, Rena. Uh, it was really laying out the arguments easily so the uh, jury could basically process it all. And what they were saying was that as a police officer, she should have uh, seen the signs that it was not her apartment, even though she says she was a little bit distracted and it worked overtime, um, and that she didn't. And they got her on the stand to testify uh, to her police training when you pulled your service weapon that you shot were you trying to kill him per your training and she said yes so they got her to say that uh, on the stand the defense is arguing that it was just a, a series of horrible mistakes that led to this um and they were actually pushing obviously for lesser charges or, or, or no charges at all interesting to note murder was on the table so was manslaughter murder has five years to 99 years in prison and manslaughter has up to 20 years or probation and when the verdict was read in the courtroom everybody was curious to see well it was a long thank you omar <laughs> and this is what i'm talking about so uh, before i get carried away let me just go ahead and get this on record because we need to keep talking about police accountability and and why these people are they play a huge part in all the stuff that's going on. Uh, but right here, this is from Matt Agaris. They put it up literally a day before over at the Free Thought Project. It says, cop who overdosed on heroin while on duty in patrol car gets probation. The New Jersey cop who garnered national headlines after being found overdosed on opioids while on duty in his patrol car has been given probation. <laughs> and this, this is insane. This is insane. So we're we're employing alcoholics, we're employing uh, heroin addicts, we're employing junkies, we're employing roid heads. These are the people that are told to protect and serve. It is crazy. Let me just get a little bit of this <laughs> on record. Uh, but right here it says, in case you have been completely in the dark for the last decade, you've likely noticed that the United States is currently in the midst of an opioid crisis. This crisis knows no demographic, no race, no gender, no age limit, and no occupation. It hits them all. One example portrays this notion like no other, and it is the story of Franklin Township police officer Matthew D. Ellery, 29, who overdosed in his own police car while on duty earlier this year. When the, police, or when the people who claim to be fighting the war on drugs are the ones overdosing in their taxpayer-funded cars, you know the problem has hit an extreme. The incident unfolded 10 a.m. on April 7th as Ellery was in his police-issued vehicle on patrol. The Franklin Township Police Department communications tried to reach him by radio, but he failed to respond. After failing to respond for several hours, another Franklin Township police officer was, on, was dispatched to Ellery's location and found his patrol car parked in the driveway of a private business. Ellery was found completely unresponsive in the driver's seat of the car, having overdosed from injecting heroin. Just injecting, just shooting up, just shooting up some good old-fashioned heroin, man. That's okay. I just have to work a few extra hours, so I figured I'd just get this heroin all up in me. Heroin. Opioid crisis. Drugs. Now, you think about this, guys. Because we talk pretty, pretty in-depth about the opioid epidemic. We've talked about the drugs, 
They're talking about it all. And these are the people who are literally here to protect and serve us. I think that's crazy. And now they're 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 doing heroin. I mean, I know they're smoking weed too. You don't got to tell me. I know some of these cops are crooked zebras. I understand that. But when you take this job, when you do these things, you're you're these are people's lives. This is why people already don't trust the system. They don't trust the cops at all. You see, they don't they don't understand that this is the world that they're creating. The distrust that's being bred. But heroin, police officers, overdosing. Well, what does that sound like? Sounds like homelessness. Sounds like drugs. Sounds like America. Sounds like what is overtaking the country right now literally has everybody. Check this out, because we're going to be switching up right here. Los Angeles leaders want Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom to declare a state of emergency as homeless camps threaten to overtake the Golden State. I'm going to do a quick uh, article headline blitz for you guys. This next one, it comes from RT. It says, San Francisco is pulling out all the stops to fight homelessness, except actually making housing affordable. It says, San Francisco is one of the wealthiest cities in the U.S., but its high housing prices and strict zoning have contributed to a homelessness crisis. The city has declared war on its rough sleepers because housing them is too easy. This next article comes from Summit.News from Paul Joseph Watson. They put this up September 30th. It says, San Francisco residents install anti-homeless borders on the sidewalk. A group of residents in San Francisco have installed anti-homeless borders, boulders, like boulders, like huge boulders, on the sidewalk in a seemingly vain effort to reduce spiraling drug dealing and criminality in their neighborhood. They raised $2,000 to to fund the two dozen boulders, which were intended to stop homeless people camping out along their block. And homeless people just slept in between them. Some people there that weren't actually part of the neighborhood ended up taking pictures of the actual boulders and tried to sell them on Craigslist. That listing is down. And this next article, uh, we'll get into this here on, 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 on later on into the actual topic, uh, but nearly half of America's homeless people live in California. It says not not only do nearly half of America's homeless people live in California, but four of the five American cities with the greatest incidences of unsheltered homeless are in the Golden State. And that's from Zero Hedge by Tyler Durden. We'll get into that here uh, after we get into this article. But let, let, let's talk about that because we just got done talking about Amber Geiger being found guilty for walking into another man's house and shooting him. And then we talked about... Uh, 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 Ellery, the, the, the officer out there in the Franklin Township where he's overdosing on heroin in his car, in his patrol car while on duty. Uh, so before we talk about the homelessness crisis that is really rampant out there uh, in, in, in Los Angeles, let's really begin to understand these things, guys. This is what I mean by the, the, by the degeneracy, by the lawlessness, by the lack of morals, the nihilism, the apathy. The decadence, the second generation spoiled that's going on here. And I know people have all, all over the planet, but it's consuming all of us. And this homeless crisis, it's, it's, it's only a matter of time until it spills out into the rest of the world, or at least into the rest of the country. 
You know, you already have people that are fleeing California to live in places like Texas, Colorado. Some are even moving as far back to New York. You have what is happening in California leaking out here into the rest of the country. And then when they, they, they bring the Californian lifestyle to these other places, they raise the housing costs, the cost of living, and everything else there. And some places aren't used to this. And so I, 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 I'm rambling. Let me get back into this article right here. This is from Jeffrey Grider. They put this up uh, September 30th. It's from Now the End Begins. It says, we have a tacit public policy. It's okay to live outdoors, Steinberg said. Quote, I am strongly pushing for a clear public policy that says a matter of right people, as, as a matter of right, people should be living underneath a roof. What happens when you have a state that wants to live without rules and laws and declares everything to be a right? You have lawlessness, chaos, and a broken system that creates a dependent entitlement class of sick people instead of, instead of a healthy working class of healthy people. This is a real price to pay for having a sanctuary city in California, New York City, and in other places around the country. The 2020 Democrats say that the health care is a human right and that all Americans are entitled to it. They also say that all illegal immigrants are entitled to it as well. What's, and I'll say this and get back into the article. This is all Agenda 2030 programming. Health care is a human right. Uh, New York City actually said that they're going to begin to fine people who call illegal aliens just that. They're going to begin to fine you. That's straight from the U.N. Migration Pact. This is all coming down from the United Nations and then funneled through the State Department and then trickled out uh, to these sanctuary cities, these sanctuary areas, these people that align themselves with the United Nations. Uh, but, but continuing on, it says Democrats also say that the college should be free for anyone who wants to go. Who pays for all these things? Taxpayers, that's who. But when you are funding the rights of people who are not contributing to the funding, you very quickly run out of money and, situ and solutions as more and more people stop working and opt for the, quote, all free stuff you told them that they are entitled to. Take a long, hard look at California right now. Look at the teeming homeless camps that line block after block of Los Angeles. And then watch as those homeless camps spread all the way, several hours up towards San Francisco. This is what Democratic leadership is looking to offer you in 2020. This is what you will get on a national level if you elect them. There are so many homeless camps, LA's leaders are wanting Gavin Newsom to issue a state of emergency. This next part comes from the Herald Media. It says, facing a deepening quagmire over homeless encampments, Los Angeles elected officials are increasingly looking to, to sweeping statewide initiatives to shake loose solutions. The latest proposal from Los Angeles County Supervisor Mark Ridley-Thomas and City Councilman Joe Bosciano would have the governor declare a state of, a state of emergency on homelessness in California. Supporters view such, de such a declaration as a novel strategy to free up state and federal funding typically reserved for natural disasters such as earthquakes or wildfires and to suspend or streamline the regulatory hurdles that often slow down shelter and housing development. It could also block NIMBY opponents from using environmental re reviews to sue and delay or block homeless facilities from opening. But some questions, but some question whether an emergency declaration would be merely symbolic, given presidential or given President Donald Trump's rejections of more federal funding and Gavin Newsom's uh, commitment of one billion dollars for local homeless programs and support relief for regulatory relief. So just the other day, or just the other week, we actually talked about how Donald Trump wanted homeless camps, or he wanted internment camps for the homeless. 
And I thought that was kind of crazy because it is, pure, plain, and simple. Locking up homeless people and putting them in internment camps, and that's extreme. But what do you do with the homeless crisis that's there? What do you do whenever uh, nearly half of America's homeless population are living in California? You know, and this is this is always a controversial topic. Uh, we're about to literally come up with programs for the homeless, but we can barely take care of the veterans. We can barely take care of grandma. We can barely take care of ourselves, and they want free for they want free everything. And you know, we've 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 made jokes about how the, about the plantation, about living inside these these chicken coops, you know, where you get free housing, free education, free health care, and all it costs are your children. You know, this is crazy. All it costs is your freedom, your individuality, your privacy, your future. That's all it costs. All this free stuff. Just let these people take everything over. Be be exactly like communist China. You see, like this is this is kind of wild. Uh, but w- let's let's address the homelessness issue because it's generational, and more more and more people are actually going to end up becoming homeless. It's it, it actually really is an epidemic. You, you know, there are people that have degrees, multiple degrees, that are homeless because of the cost of living, because there's not really any jobs for people. And how do these people get back up on their feet? What programs are there? You know, uh, some of these people actually need mental health uh, help as well. Some of these people are literally crazy and sleeping out there on the side of the road is not helping that. They're not getting proper attention. They're not having, uh, they don't have shelter. They don't have food. They don't, they're not integrated into society. This is wild. But what is homelessness a symptom truly of? Like, what is it a symptom of? Is it of decadence? Is it adversity? Is it prosperity? Like, what is homelessness a symptom of? It's a product of something, but I, I for the life of me at the moment, can't tell you. This is something that I have to think about on a different day. But my point behind pointing this out and bringing it here in the segment of facing degeneracy, after we talk about uh, uh, police officers ODing, officers running, officers being drunk, running up in other people's houses, shooting people because they feel afraid. It's like that's a legitimate thing now. Cops can kill other people because they felt fearful of their life. These are the people that are supposed to be protecting us, saying using the excuse of being in fear to kill us. And then what happens with these homeless people? What happens whenever they feel, they, they feel uh, threatened by your average day local homeless person and they begin to shoot them? And then when people actually try to protect themselves from the homelessness to clean up their areas, they're, they're called uh, bigots or xenophobes or uh, uh, some kind of obscenity because they don't want to have people shooting up heroin in their back alley. <laughs> you see? But these are the sanctuary cities. This is what America has become. Just a bunch of junkies where we're lazy. And, the, and, and it's all been done by design. And so I'm, I don't want to I don't want to talk smack because some of these people actually do le- need legitimate help. Uh, but let's get into a whole nother aspect of this homelessness pro- of, of this homelessness issue. And this kind of shocked me whenever we were getting into it, or whenever I had first seen it. Uh, but this this comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up September 30th. It's by Max Lavo from SDHF Plan. But they reposted it over here at Zero Hedge. It says nearly half of America's homeless people live in California. And I, and I want to talk about that 
because it's good that these people have a place to go for sure, and there will be an economy that, that is created from the homelessness. There, are, there already is, you know. Uh, and and, and this, is, this is something else people need to think about from the migrants that are still coming here. I bring this up all the time because we have the Bloods and the Crips finally, you know, beginning to unify. You have the Latin Kings getting involved, you know. Uh, but these are American gangs. What happens whenever you have people like ISIS come in, La Raza, you know, uh, 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 Santa Muerte? What happens when you have all these other gangs come in from other countries? Because this is the globalization process, and it's, it's going to happen even there. Because these people, regardless of whoever they are, they bring their culture with them. Now, I'm sure if a homeless person decided to end up in uh, uh, Guam or Guatemala or uh, uh in Europe, of some, in, 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 a, in a country of Europe, they would bring their American beliefs with them. You see what I'm saying? So how could half of the American population, the homeless American population, be there in California? I feel like that's crazy. Uh, but let's get into this article. It says not only do nearly half of America's homeless people live in California, but four of the five American cities with the greatest incidences of, homeless, of unsheltered homelessness are in the Golden State. As California becomes a mecca for socialism, their quality of life diminishes along with it, with it in a characteristic dystopian decline. San Francisco, Los Angeles, Santa Rosa, and San Jose are four of the five cities with the highest amount of homelessness. Seattle joins the California municipalities in the top five. According to MarketWatch, the rates of homelessness are the highest in, the, in, are the highest in Washington, D.C. The District of, Columb of Columbia's homeless rate is at 5.8 times the United States rate. Wow. New York is next, followed by Hawaii, Oregon, and California. These five states together comprise 20% of the overall U.S. population, but 45% of the country's homeless population. All of these states are incredibly liberal, with several already having instituted tight socialist policies. A, U, a, a White House report uh, teased, out, teased out certain trends in homelessness across the country. Communities along both coasts have much larger homeless populations than those in the middle of the country. One driver of this trend is likely the more notable rise in home housing prices along the coast than in much of the Midwest. The White House report identified local laws and, pol and, and, and policing practices as a potential differentiator. Quote, some states more than others often engage uh, more than others engage in stringent enforcement of quality of life issues like restrictions of the use of tents and encampments loitering and other related activities the report noted the trump administration has floated plans to fix the homeless crisis in liberal areas by deregulation many states and municipalities have zoning zoning rules regarding the construction of both single-family and multifamily homes these laws have, imp have impeded the builders ability to meet the demand for housing resulting in scarcity, which has driven up the prices. Experts and politicians across the political spectrum have suggested that relaxing such regulations could provide a boost to building activity. While that could work, the heavy tax burden on everything from property to income makes it difficult to afford anything, even if housing, even if more housing is built. So it's taxes. It's money. It always comes back to money. You know, and every situation is different. Every single person experiencing homelessness, you know, we, whether it be a veteran, whether it be somebody that got divorced, whether it be somebody that had a business fail on them, whether it be somebody that wasn't able to uh, get a get a, a well-paying job after college or anything crazy like that, everybody's situation with homelessness is different. But what I find so crazy 
is that when you read that, when you hear about that statistic right there, about how uh, 45% of the country's homeless population, better yet, 20% of the overall U.S. population is, is right there, that's, that's, that's almost mind-blowing. And it's only going to increase because as more jobs disappear and as things become more sophisticated, it's going to increase. It truly will. There will not be enough jobs. There won't be enough houses. When they import all these people from the third world too, it's only going to get crazier. And they're going to bring all this craziness with them. It's, it, it truly is uh, sometimes startling to think about. It really is. And that, again, just brings me back to that question I had before. You know, about the manufactured silence of the masses and the war on consciousness and the degeneracy that we are facing and how that's just, that's the plan. We cannot focus on higher mental faculty topics such as divinity, spirituality, multiple dimensions, higher realms of existence. If you have a, if you have somebody outside your home that is uh, homeless, who can barely pay their bills or who doesn't have any bills, who has hardly any clothes. As we heard the Hong Kong protesters talk about, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. And that's an injustice. But this is, this is where we're at. The cost of living in America is becoming ridiculous. You know, we're, we're, we, are, we truly are reaching into that kind of third world nation status, man. Like, we really are starting to teeter. And I really think people should look at that. Uh... It, 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 it really kind of blows my mind just to think about. And so because these things are already happening to the, the, the previous generation and generations that are, that are being bloomed, uh, you see radical shifts taking place to make sure that doesn't happen. That's why they want the free housing, the free education, the free everything else. A few episodes ago, we actually talked about how they were creating pods in California to offset this 1200 bucks a month where you get access to essentially living in a glorified bunk bed to help combat this. And they were hoping that, you know, if, if, if housing costs do decline, that eventually the pod life would not, not be necessary. But how long until that actually takes place? You see, this, this, this cyberpunk Agenda 2030 uh, Blade Runner future that these people are trying to gradually move us into where, with, with smart cities and all this other stuff it's right around the corner. Better yet, it's right here. You know, I, uh, I, 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 I just get this image, you know, of, of, I get this image where, where everything kind of looks a little bit like Gotham, you know, where, where it's a completely different city during the nighttime, where everything just, it, it, it gets darker, where the people come out. You know, to where they let their freak flags fly, to where literally this, the, the wickedness creeps out. It really is kind of uh, wild for me to just start thinking about. But let me get into this video with you guys. Finish off this segment, kind of uh, putting it putting it into perspective. If anything, we should have played this in the previous segment, Traitorous Alliances. Uh, but it, we're going to play for you this video of China beginning to track children's brain activity. Because while these things are happening to us already out here in the real world, they're basically focused on the next generation. It was Hitler who said, give me your women, then I'll take the children, and then follow the men. 
it is the it, it, it is the women that will be taken care of in the future and it is the children that will be indoctrinated to carry out the next agenda and I just told you that uh, China passed its 70th year anniversary of communism and we see how much damage that's doing not only no, not how much damage but we see the influence that's having on the global scale and here in America but it's only a matter of time until we begin to adopt these policies because we don't have enough people standing up for American policies. But here, let me play for you guys this quick video. Teachers at this primary school in China know exactly when someone isn't paying attention. These headbands measure each student's level of concentration. The information is then directly sent to the teacher's computer and to parents. China has big plans to become a global leader in artificial intelligence. It has enabled a cashless economy where people make purchases with their faces. A giant network of surveillance cameras with facial recognition helps police monitor citizens. Meanwhile, some schools offer glimpses of what the future of high-tech education in the country might look like. Classrooms have robots that analyze students' health and engagement levels. Students wear uniforms with chips that track their locations. There are even surveillance cameras that monitor how often students check their phones or yawn during classes. These gadgets have alarmed Chinese netizens. But schools say it wasn't hard for them getting parental consent to enroll kids into what is one of the world's largest experiments in AI education. A program that's supposed to boost students' grades while also feeding powerful algorithms. The government has poured billions of dollars into the project, bringing together tech giants, startups, and schools. We got exclusive access to a primary school a few hours outside of Shanghai. The day begins with putting on a brainwave-sensing gadget. Students then practice meditating. The device is made in China and has three electrodes, two behind the ears and one on the forehead. These sensors pick up electrical signals sent by neurons in the brain. The neural data is then sent in real time to the teacher's computer. So while students are solving math problems, a teacher can quickly find out who's paying attention and who's not. A report is then generated that shows how well the class was paying attention. It even details each student's concentration level at 10-minute intervals. It's then sent to a chat group for parents. Reports are detailed, but whether these devices really work and what they exactly measure isn't as clear. We were curious if the headbands could actually measure concentration, so one of our reporters tried on the device. This is a new technology with still very little research behind it. Theodore Zanto is a neuroscientist at the University of California, San Francisco. He 
He was surprised to learn that this tech, called electroencephalography, also known as EEG, is being used in the classroom on children. It's usually used by doctors in hospitals and labs. EEG is very susceptible to artifacts, and so if you are itchy or just a little fidgety, or the EEG wasn't set properly so that the electrodes didn't have a good contact, affects the signal. Despite the chances for false readings, teachers told us the headbands have forced students to become more disciplined. 就是他们的声音会比平常更响亮。Teachers say the students now pay better attention during class, and that has made them study harder and achieve higher scores. 上课认真听讲，作业做的基本上是全对的。But not all students are as enthusiastic. This fifth grader, whom he caught dozing off in class, told us his parents punish him for low attention scores. And that kind of data adds a new kind of pressure for students. Companies we interviewed said the data can go to government-funded research projects. We spoke to parents who were unclear about where the data ended up, and they didn't seem to care too much. Santos says there's likely no privacy protection at all. In a classroom, if you're trying to make an assessment of an individual student, you really can't anonymize it. Experts and citizens alike are sounding alarms about various aspects of the country's huge push into artificial intelligence. These classrooms are laboratories for future generations. Yep. And while these new tools may potentially help some 200 million students raise their grades, just how this all works out won't be apparent until they become adult citizens. Adult citizens ready for this... Ready. Who knows? Maybe ready for the 90th anniversary of the communist rule of China. And so I wanted to end this segment off uh, where we were talking about, you know, facing degeneracy, how too much freedom, how it could lead to degeneracy, how it could lead to the decadence. That's why they say prosperity makes monsters and adversity makes men. That's why we have to be used to the change and then step forward into it. You know, seeing what they're already doing to these children. That's the future. That's their future. Because we are already living in their past, and they have to learn from these mistakes. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about it, the first lounge to allow consuming pot, how it's been opened. And FBI busting a massive fentanyl ring that's been running out of uh, government, as well as the idea of Kim trailing the planet and Elon Musk unveiling his rocket to Mars. A whole lot of different things to talk about in the next segment. If you guys want to check out that video, you can do so. I will put the link for that in the description bar below or just go to our Instagram page on the Instagram TV section to do so. Uh, but like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Thank you. 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in and sticking around, being a part of history while we still have it. Our story. You know, how, how, how does it feel to think about that they're already deploying mind-reading technology to Chinese students? How does that feel? Does that trip you out? Does it trip you out? It trips me out. Makes me start thinking about what those kids are going to experience here in the future. That's why I wanted to end this segment, or at least in the actual episode, talking about uh, drugging people, how we're just doing it out here. Again, just too much of that decadence, too much of that freedom, just too much of that prosperity, turning us into junkies. 
there's a homelessness crisis out there in, in, in Los Angeles, in California, period. And they decide to, I mean, there's, I, I feel like what's crazy is we've talked about like injection sites out there in like Seattle. And now they have like these, these, these lounges where people can consume pot. Yet all these kids who are still in jail that are now men for having like a gram of herb on them are, are still locked up. And so that's, that's crazy to me too. I mean, again, what happens when these people get out of prison and they can't be integrated because, well, they've been told that marijuana is bad for their whole life. And then they come out here, they see all this. They're like, what the heck did I just serve 20 years of my life for? You know, they, they, they begin to question a few things. Uh, but essentially what we're talking about is, is, is institutionalizing people, mind control, brainwashing, social engineering, thought, can, thought uh, uh, transformation. You know, in this segment, we're essentially going to be talking about the drugs. You know, we, we've talked about heroin. We've talked about, we're going to be talking about marijuana. We're, gonna, we're now going to be talking about fentanyl. You know, these are so, there's just so many different things that are entering into our body. That's why people have a hard time focusing. That's why people have a hard time having hope because they're not in control of their bodies. They're not in control of what's going on. They can't steal their mind because there's, there's, they, they have a stimulant in them. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to talk smack. I think I'm just trying to shoot, just shoot you guys straight and say, this is the world that's going on. I was reading an article earlier today about what you would think is something that's pretty straightforward and simple. You know, how men should stop drinking six months before they get pregnant or how they before they want to get their wife pregnant and how women should stop drinking for a year before they want to get pregnant. And I'm just like, wow, have we really gotten to that point to where like people have to be told these very basic things? Has, has language been dumbed down? Have we really truly been that dehumanized and just basically lobotomized to the point to where what you would inherently think, what you would inherently know, what just naturally comes to you, it's just, it's just been ripped from you. You see, but this is what happens when people just continually take orders from their phone. But what's happening with those children in China that we just played for you guys, those kids that are having mind reading technology. And what's even more wild is it's been developed by Americans. <laughs> it's, 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 this is crazy. This is the world that we live in in 2019 with, with 2020 right around the corner. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Uh, but I want to start this segment off again with the question of the manufactured silence of the masses and the war on consciousness. Because we are leaving, just finish that, finishing that off uh, with, with, with AI brain reading technology and mind control and stuff like that. This is this truly is wild. You know, I talked about it at the start of the show, how uh, we're just babbling on just just carrying on as if none of these crazy things are happening. We're gradually watching uh, humanity, divinity, individuality. We're watching it all just be robbed, just taken from us. That's why I tell you too much freedom can lead towards that decadence. Too much freedom can lead towards that or too much prosperity can lead towards making men monsters. This is why people end up cutting themselves or hurting themselves so they can feel if you're not experiencing true adversity, you're not actually trying to change yourself in accordance. You're just going with the flow, trying to feel some type of way. But that's where we've gotten because we're second generation spoiled. We don't care. There's, there's no point in caring. And I know that sounds rough guys, but this is the truth. When I tell you even that, 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 
that, that truth seeking has become virtue signaling, it's because people want to take the easy way out of finding the answers that are required. It is a different day and age. Something happened. Something truly happened to a lot of people and, and myself as well while dealing with this type of stuff. But it's because people don't know how to tap into what's going on with themselves. They don't know how to begin to refine themselves accordingly, grow in accordance with the adversity that they're facing. As I said before, at the start of the transmission, they succumb to it. That's the silencing of the masses. Give them drugs. They'll never revolt. Give them bread and circus and drugs. They'll never revolt. They'll go along with the game. It truly is something else. You know, it, it, it truly is something else. And so while I, while I sometimes sound a little crazy when I say these things, guys, it, it's coming from that point of view of looking at what they're trying to do to us rather than uh, the benefits of what they're saying it's for. So uh, with that being said, let's let's get into this article right here. We put this up September 30th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says, first lounge to allow consuming pot opens. This is of the new Lowell Cafe cannabis that's going to be opening up in West Hollywood. It says the Lowell Cafe is a new restaurant and bar in West Hollywood that allows diners to smoke marijuana inside and out thanks to a new license issued by the city. It's slated to open October 1st, and when it does, it will be the first of its kind. If you're imagining a giant smoky room filled with bowls of weed, couches, and lots of pizza, think again. Instead... Imagine a functional restaurant with servers plus a special air filtration system that sucks up and filters the smoke from people smoking weed everywhere. Quote, we have families reaching out wanting to bring their kids and grandparents and high school groups of friends flying from all over the world. Restaurant director Kevin Brady said, quote, I feel like we're Disney World. When you arrive, you will be seated at a table and greeted by a flower host, also known as a bud tender, uh, who will serve you, who will serve you, who will serve as your cannabis guide. He or she will drill you on your past cannabis experience, whether you're Snoop Dogg level or haven't smoked since high school or at all, and help you personalize your cannabis order. You will also have a server from whom you can order food and non-alcoholic beverages. Brady compared the flower menu with a wine list and noted that the products will be seasonal. Most of them will be supplied by the Lowell Farms Organic Cannabis Farms in Santa Barbara County, the company behind the restaurant. Chef Andrea Drummer's food menu is inspired by different flavor profiles and the strains of cannabis, and each dish will have a suggested product to smoke or vape with. The opening menu will include a miso-glazed pork belly, jalapeno mac and cheese bites, vegan nachos, sticky tamarind wings, house-made pickles, and avocado, and, bean, and white bean hummus. Ooh, that actually all does sound pretty good, especially some of those uh, jalapeno mac and cheese bites. Vegan nachos are all right. I had vegan empanadas earlier this year, whenever I was in Texas, uh, hanging out with Jason Bassler and Matt Agaris of the Free Thought Project at their United for Common Ground Summit. I had vegan empanadas, and wow, sold. I told, I sold, got me. Uh, but to get back to point up over here, to where we can stick to topic, uh, this is this is something else. This truly is something else. I've talked about the CBD stores that are there, the dispensaries that we're surrounded by, you know, and, and, and while I'm not anti-marijuana, clearly, I think what I'm trying to say is just 
Imagine a population that is pacified. We started off the entire transmission with uh, Hong Kong protesters screaming about freedom. Give me freedom. Give me liberty or give me death. You're not going to have stoners saying that. You'll have them, you know, smoking a smoking a bleasy afterwards, you know, but you, you will not have people who are in a pacified and relaxed state wanting freedom. I've talked about this time and time again before how my generation, the millennials, when we wake up from our self-induced drug coma that we're all in right now, we're going to have two choices ahead of us. Either we fight back against this tyranny or we steep deeper into it. And with things like this, this, this cannabis lounge, we're going to steep deeper into it. I know everybody wants to chill. Everybody just wants to relax. But remember what I'm talking about by smothering that fire inside of you, smothering that divinity. This is what I mean by perverting even things like the sacred herbs. And I know this has become a culture. It's become a lot of different things. Uh, but while we're talking about this, this cannabis lounge opening up in Hollywood, opening up in California, I just want to paint a picture for you guys. Imagine smoking weed right at this Lowell Cafe. You're just enjoying yourself. And then you see these boulders, these $2,000 boulders that these people paid for, right? That they put up there. Imagine they just keep out these homeless people. You're smoking weed. Boulders are dividing you in between you and the swaths, the millions of homeless people. Does that sound right to you? That's again more of that injustice right here in front of you. And that's true privilege, if you ask me. But because what's going on in Hollywood, what's going on in California, and what's going on in the world, it's meant to do that. It's meant to show you the people who have versus the people who have not. And you're not supposed. We're not supposed to bridge that divide anymore. That's why they're trying to erode the middle class. You either have it or you don't. You either have that privilege to smoke that weed publicly and openly and not get arrested by the cops. You either have that privilege, or if you try to smoke weed, the cops will come beat you down and take you away because they got to get their quotas up. That's what I mean by the privilege, by that blue line privilege. But let's talk about something else that's of that same vein. Well, we're not necessarily being poisoned, but we're definitely not dealing with the truth uh, right here. And this talks about the, the FBI busting a massive fentanyl ring running out of the Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs in D.C. This is by Matt Agarist of the Free Thought Project. They put this up September 30th. It says a multi-state fentanyl and heroin ring was broken up by the FBI who discovered it being run out of the Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs in D.C. Agents with the Federal Bureau of Investigation raided a government agency last week to execute a search warrant looking for evidence of a fentanyl drug ring. During the raid of the Department of, Confu of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs, FBI agents found the fentanyl they were looking for and discovered a massive heroin and fentanyl ring being run out of the government building just a few feet away from an elementary school. According to investigators, undercovers, undercover agents caught Daryl Mar Marcellus Pope operating a massive drug ring in which thousands of dollars of fentanyl and heroin were being sold. The FBI reported that the drug ring stretched over multiple states from Woodbridge, Virginia to D.C. to the Pope's Clinton, Maryland home. According to the documents, quote, Pope was observed outside his office building on foot and walking up to meet the undercover, the undercover officer. 
On multiple occasions, Pope sold the detective varying amounts of fentanyl or heroin and fentanyl. Some transactions were for as little as two grams, and one was for as much as 30 grams, the affidavit said. As NBC News 4 reports, the operation, the operation employed drivers who rarely drove people from Prince William County to, to D.C. so they could buy drugs from Pope, according to the court documents. The drugs were sold at $100 per gram. In at least one sale, Pope was seen with a Glock 9mm pistol. FBI agents found an ounce of the deadly drug at Pope's home and also found fentanyl at his workplace inside DCRA headquarters, where Pope was arrested. When he, when he was taken into custody, Pope had 30 grams of fentanyl on him, according to the court documents. Although fentanyl was discovered in locations inside the agency at which other employees had access, the FBI announced that they, had not, that they did not think the entire agency was behind the ring. Quote, yesterday, the Federal Bureau of Investigation's well, Washington field office executed a search warrant related to an ongoing investigation. De Deputy Mayor for Operations and Infrastructure Lucinda Barbers told DC First, in, or DCist, in an email statement. So basically what they're trying to say is that the government's behind the war on drugs. That's who's poisoning you. That's who's giving people uh, uh, heroin. I forget, wasn't it... Uh, wasn't it the real Rick Ross that says that, that that said we don't have any boats, we don't have any planes? How are we shipping this stuff in here? We can't get we don't it has to cross international borders. We don't make this stuff here. We're not the ones that are doing this. We've taught time and time again how the Chinese are shipping fentanyl in through the mail. They're they're finding tons of it over there, like on the coast. It's just air quotes washing up. And you know how deadly this stuff is? Like the, like the, like the lethality behind fentanyl? <laughs> like that's what's crazy about it. Is, is, is it is so deadly and people are just giving it out there. It's killing people. It is legitimately killing people. It's like almost 100 times more strong than, uh, than heroin. And they're just pushing it out there. It's synthetic. It's literally designed. It, 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 it's just, it's, it's crazy. And so many people are overdosing on it. I think that's what trips me out too. Like I, I, I want to just look this up real quick just so we can get this kind of on record. I'll type it in fentanyl, uh, deaths by state or fentanyl deaths, 2019. Let, let's, let's just see overdose just to get some of this on record. I know this is kind of, uh, some people will say this is a waste of time, but just to kind of get this on record, uh, because it, it, it kind of blows my mind. I'm not going to lie to you. Overdose, over de overdose deaths from fentanyl soaring. Report Thursday, March 21, 2019. Let's see, this is from U.S. News. How many deaths? It, oh, wow. Over a, that is 115%. Wow. That is something else. It's increased almost 12-fold is what they're saying here in this article uh, from the Health Day Reporter by Steven Reinberg. They put this up March 29th or March 21st, 2019. It says the number of Americans dying from overdoses of the powerful narcotic fentanyl rose 12-fold in recent years, health officials reported Thursday. Uh, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that's hundreds of times more potent than heroin or cocaine. But sometimes drug users don't know they're buying it because fentanyl is often mixed with other opioids or misrepresented as heroin. 
We saw the rates doubling each year from 2013 to 2016, said lead researcher Marianne Spencer, a statistician at the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Uh, these statistics, or these are pretty astounding numbers in terms of percentage increase each year. The increase mirrored the entire opioid epidemic, which is claiming about 60,000 lives a year in the United States. Wow, just less than one death in 100,000 was attributed to fentanyl overdoses in 2011 compared to near to six, nearly six per 1,000 by 2016. 12-fold. It has increased by 12-fold. They're just, they're just laying it out there. That's what I mean. That's what I mean by the, by the war on drugs, by the war on consciousness, by killing people, by just laying it out there. The da- and the damage it's doing is irreparable. We played videos uh, on the actual on the actual show for our audio listeners. If, uh, you guys can probably you you haven't seen it clearly because you're audio listening, but video watchers, you've probably seen videos clips of people who have been overdosing over there on the right hand side. Uh, they have to get Narcan to, to just bring these people back to life. Some people don't even come back. I mean, we just went over the story of the the, the, the police officer who overdosed on heroin. Who knows if it was heroin? It could have been fentanyl, and that's that's how that's what's going on. And 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 guess who's behind some of it too? The Chinese. The Chinese are sending this in because they know Americans love their drugs. Oh, they can't. Oh, America, you guys, they 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 know, and they just feed it to us. And that's that soft kill option where we choose our enslavement, where we choose these things. It's dangerous. It truly is, and it's sad to see people. For me, it's just sad to see people get caught up in it. Uh, but let's 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 continue on because we we kind of got sidetracked, and I want to hurry up and end these things for you guys. Uh, but even though we spent the past two episodes talking about climate change, Greta Thunberg, Agenda Twenty One, and Agenda Twenty Thirty, I thought that this article was representative of everything that I was talking about and why it fits perfect in the Spiking Society segment right here. It was a conspiracy theory now openly promotes chemtrailing the entire planet to, quote, end climate change. This is by Edward Morgan of Prepare for Change. They put this up October 1st. And before I get into this, this is what I've been saying. Because we are living in the after effects of drug children, of misinformation, of radicalized individuals, people looking towards the state as God, the very same people who are pushing who are talking about climate change, they will ask for chemtrails to save the planet. The environmentalists that are going out there telling you that we need to clean up our act, that we need to stop polluting the world, but will not acknowledge uh, uh, chemtrails, geoengineering, stratospheric aerosol injections, weather modification. The very same people who are talking about these things that won't acknowledge that use these things that I just mentioned right there as the solution. And that's what I mean by spiking society. We've talked about uh, we, we've talked about aerosolized injections or aerosolized vaccines. We've talked about them spraying all kinds of chemicals, and 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 that falls into the spiking society category. Uh, but let me get into this article right here. It says the mainstream media has made a radical departure away from the vehement chemtrail denialism into the systemic chemtrail embrace, and the question remains as to why the why the climate deep state has suddenly decided to show its card. Geoengineering, which has long, which was long disturbed as a conspiracy theory, 
by the narrative gatekeepers has suddenly become not just a thing, but the thing that will supposedly provide the solution to climate change and global warming. But is this really the true purpose of chemtrails? Just as Mike Adams, the health ranger, long warned the geoengineering conspiracy would one day be exposed and make its way into the mainstream, but under, fa but under false premises. Uh, and that's exactly what appears to be happening. Geoengineering is real. They're now admitting, and it's for the good of the planet. But the truth is, that the chemtrail agenda is a nefarious tool that the elite are using as a means of weather control and thus population control. While it's something, while it's somewhat encouraging to see that what we and others have long warned about is, in fact, turning out to be everything we said it was, the revelation of this to the general public suggests that the globalists are much farther along in fulfilling their agenda than many people probably think. Climate scientists are absolutely mad, and their agenda will cause a planetary collapse. Even as the media admits that geoengineering is real, the claim is that it's being used to, quote, cool the planet. All that barium and aluminum raining down from our skies is somehow a good thing, the media insists, even as rates of chronic illnesses skyrocket. With the financial help of globalist billionaires and eugenicists like Bill Gates, chemtrails are now being sprayed in pretty much every country around the world, which climate alarmists now say is necessary to, quote, block the sun from warming the earth. And this is what I mean by spiking society, using these people to carry out these crazy agendas. But when they do these things, it will cause that planetary collapse. It will set us back into a complete different, a, a completely different age. Uh, and, and when they do this, I just think people need to understand that it's not going to be selective. It's going to be like environmental. It's going to be, you know, nationwide. Everybody is going to, to experience these things. And so now we're getting into biology. Now we're getting into chemistry. Now we're getting into eugenesis or uh, eugenics, epigenetics. You see genetically modifying or genetically altering the population on a wide scale. Very real. I have articles on our website where we talk about that. It's very, it's, it's, it's crazy, but because we're in upside down world clown world where everything is inverted, we're good. We're, we're good is evil and evil is good. Ha yeah, heck yeah. Kim trailing the planet would be a good thing because that's where we are these days. That's what I mean by how far down the rat hole we are. So to end this segment and to end this actual, ep this actual episode, I want to talk about Elon Musk unveiling his rocket to Mars. There's an article out today talking about how he wants to give uh, how this 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 ride to Mars it would truly be suicide. And here we go again talking about off-world operations. You see. And for our flat earth listeners, I'm sure people are saying, "Here he goes again with that that space talk. There's no such thing as space. We're not going anywhere." Who knows if you're right, who knows if you're wrong. Regardless they have an extermination plan for this world, and we're part of this world. We're not going to space. These people are trying to create something else entirely. Uh, but let me play for you guys this clip, and then I'll read you some of the uh, some of the captions real quick. It says Elon Musk just unveiled SpaceX's Starship plans with the goal of reaching orbit in six months. Musk spoke in front of the first assembled iteration of the Starship rocket. We're faced with a choice. Which future do you want? 
Do you want the future where we become the space-bearing civilization and are in many worlds and are out there among the stars, or one where we are forever confined to Earth? And I say it is the first, and I hope you agree with me. Yeah. The company's next-generation rocket is built to carry people deep into space. It's playing CGI for you guys now. Just putting us deep into space. If you, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that show, 100, I would definitely recommend you guys do so. Uh, but let me get into this article. We put this up September 30th. It's from the Drudge Report feed. It says, Elon Musk has a starship, and one day he expects it will help SpaceX reach other worlds. Standing beneath a towering spaceship Mark I, a prototype for SpaceX's massive reusable launch system, Musk laid out his plan for interplanetary travel at the company's South Texas site here on Saturday, September 28th. The 11th anniversary of the first successful orbital launch of, of SpaceX's first rocket, the Falcon 1. The new version of Starship and its super heavy booster will be able to carry up to 100 people to the moon, Mars, or other destinations in space around Earth, he said. It will stand 387 feet tall and will be completely reusable with quick turnarounds. This is the rocket that will launch the billionaire Japanese entrepreneur Yasuka uh, Mazuea and a handful of other artists on a trip around the moon in the 2020s. SpaceX unveiled that planned space tourist trip last year, but did not disclose how much Miyazawa paid. Quote, this is, I think, the most inspiring thing I've ever seen. Must hold a crowd of about 200 SpaceX employees, guests, and reporters at the company's site near Boca Chica Village, just outside Brownsville. Quote, wow, what an incredible job by such a great team to build this incredible vehicle. I am so proud to work with such a great team. Musk has long said that the main goal of SpaceX since its founding in 2002 has been to help to make humanity a multi-planet species. The company has developed reusable Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy rockets as well as reusable Dragon cargo capsules and a new crew Dragon ship for astronauts. It has launch pads in Florida, California, and now Boca Chica where the company broke ground on its test site in 2014. But Mars, Musk has said, and remain, and has remained the true objective, quote, but Mars, Musk has said, has remained the true objective. Quote, this is the fastest path to a self-sustaining city on Mars, he said Saturday night, referring to the Starship Super Heavy Architecture. SpaceX's Starship, or Starship concept has undergone a kind of rocket evolution in three years since Musk first unveiled it, unveiled it to the world in September of 2016 at the International Aeronautical Meeting in Mexico. So basically what we're talking about is Elon Musk still trying to get to space. You have California just being rife with homelessness. You know, you have degradation just taking over the, taking over the country and gradually consuming the entire world as well. But you have rich billionaires literally trying to figure out how to blast themselves off into space and not be a part of this. This is the world that they're creating. They're trying to spike society, dumb down language, drug us, poison us, make us essentially dehuman, and then they, they want to take the, the, the cream of the crop, the 1%, the elite of the planet, and they want to blast off elsewhere. That's, that's what I mean by those that have the haves and the have-nots. By showing that these are the elites that want to run things. You see, that's why we have to be weary of when these people say and do these types of things. Don't worry about what, what your future looks like. Don't worry about trying to, you know, get off planet. Don't worry about trying to have children be, be, be part of the power structure, be a part of anything. No, just 
just just smoke your weed, laugh at laugh at what we play for you, get angry when we tell you to, and have all these games. You see? Like I've been saying throughout the entire transmission, give them bread and circus and they will never revolt. Give give them CBD infused cupcakes and they'll never fight back. You see? And all of this is designed to not have you truly focused on if we could be an off-planet, multi-species, or an off-planet. Off-planet, same species, but we're just all over the place. They don't want the Star Trek future. They don't want us inhabiting different worlds. They don't want us being in different dimensions. They don't want us being able to tap into the true essence of humanity, going forth and multiplying upon a, a vast scale. That part of the agenda is done. They want us to do other things these days. They have different things in mind for our future, you see. And that's why we have to be the architects of our own future. We have to be the ones that dictate where we will go. This is Traitorous Alliances Facing Degeneration and Spiking Society.